Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 1, Episode 8, Corkscrew. The original air date for this episode was November 11th, 2016. Today for us, yesterday for you. It was directed by Janice Cook who, as far as we could tell, is the first female director... Of any MacGyver. Of any MacGyver, including the original series, 139 episodes of the original series. We've had writers before. This is the first female director for an mm-hmm. episode. And we will have another before the end of the season. We have Lee Rose coming to direct um, what is currently on IMDb called Pilers. Pilers. But, but is probably going to get updated to Pliers once I, we get I, there. I would hope um, that it gets updated. But, but I don't know every Swiss Army knife. Maybe there's yeah, one that there, comes there, with Pilers. There's a couple Pilers. Yeah. Um, I think I think they're pronounced Pilars. Uh, and Andrea Seitz, uh, a longtime listener and contributor to the show, pointed out that this is definitely the first episode that is written and directed by women. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a writer, Lindsay Allen, uh, directed this episode. But uh, Janice Cook has directed lots of TV credits, uh, including three episodes of a show that a friend of mine developed called uh, Chasing Life. And uh, Lindsay Allen uh, has done... Uh, she's relatively uh, early in her writing career, but she has done uh, four episodes of Agent Carter yep. and a couple other series. Uh, Janice Cook also was a, a producer, associate producer and co-producer on different shows, uh, including uh, an associate producer on Blue Thunder. The series Blue Thunder. The series Blue Thunder. Okay. And uh, which uh, which helicopter featured in the original MacGyver pilot? Was it the series Blue Thunder or the movie? Or were they one and the same? Um, I think it was the movie. Okay. But, but either way, over the course of reviewing the original series, we encountered many, many, many actors that mm-hmm. appeared on both shows. She was also a co-producer on the Bill and Ted's uh, animated, animated series. Animated series? Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Uh, and I owe that a rewatch. That's been, yeah. since it aired is the last time I watched it. I haven't seen it since then, so. Yeah, check it out. Uh, I have it on my Plex. Oh, you do? Uh, it's also on Kiss Cartoon. Oh, okay, but, cool. I'll take a look at it then. Yeah, I wonder how that holds up at all. Was the, was Death a regular character on the series? Honestly, I couldn't even name. For some reason, I thought he was. I know I watched it, but I like it's, I usually have such a good memory for those things, but I, I really just cannot picture any single episode of the show. I yeah. can remember the the theme song a little bit, and and kind I of. I seem to remember credits. something with dinosaur bones for some reason. Yeah. I have no idea why. Was it who? William Sadler played Death. Death in the yeah in, Bogus in, Journey? in the movie yeah yeah. That's funny. He was great. Um, why don't we describe this episode of MacGyver in brief? Well, in this episode, uh, the Phoenix Foundation is tasked with tracking down an international assassin um, whose next target is MacGyver. Right. Um, target and, MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this has uh, kind of, it feels like a lot of different episodes. Right. Uh, but yeah, Target MacGyver is definitely part of it because... In the very beginning of that episode, he finds out that Axminster is going to kill him. So, mm. um, yes, Axminster. Yeah. And this episode starts in Los Angeles. We're not in a foreign country. Um, and we're in Professor Intrigue's escape room, mm-hmm. where MacGyver and his date are very lazily meandering around yeah. the, probably the worst escape room I've ever seen. Yeah, because I don't really understand. Like, It seems like the point of the escape room is to just find three tarot cards. Mm-hmm. That are painted in blacklight ink on the wall. Right. And she's like, okay, well, we have to find the blacklight because there will be a blacklight flashlight somewhere in the room. And he's like, oh, well, we can just make one mm-hmm. by taking the light from my cell phone and shining it through a three and a half inch floppy disk, right. which I just tore apart from right. inside this desk. And, and it, what doesn't make sense, there's, okay, so this is supposed to be some kind of antique looking library. Right. But there's a box with floppy disks inside. Mm-hmm. So clearly, you're supposed to use the floppy disks. Yeah. Because... Uh, but they make uh, it look like MacGyver's hacking the escape room. Yeah. But I, that has to be the way, because why else... They don't fit with the theme of the escape room. And, and how much time did they have? 15 minutes? They had 15 minutes, at least from when we came in. Right. And um, they're down to about 11 before they even start doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then... And they find two of the tarot cards. Right. But what happens when you find the third one? Like, what does that mean? You just say... Oh, that, that, and that. Open the door. Open the door. Open yeah. the door. That's not how escape rooms work. No, it's not at all. First of all. Second of all, he shouldn't have been able to see the tarot card written on the wall mm-hmm. without the blacklight. That defeats the whole purpose of it. Exactly. Like, you should have to build the blacklight and then look for them. But he can see it on the wall. He's like, oh, I just can't read it. And it's like, oh, well, just get get your head 
at the right angle, and I'm sure you could have been able to read what that one said and what the other two said. Yeah. But um, he decides that once they've found two of the three tarot cards they need to find to escape the room, um, that he doesn't have time to waste looking for the third card, and instead he goes to just make out with yeah, his girlfriend. Yeah, he just makes out. Even though they have eight minutes now to find a card on a wall. And this whole time she's been really obsessed with having her perfect escape room record. Right. Which she could easily maintain and make out with MacGyver. Yeah, because they only need to find one more card, apparently. Yeah. They could also make out outside of this stupid room. Yeah. Like, they, why do you why do you need some, like, minimum wage employee watching you escape from a room to make out with somebody? And they could have waited at least till the seven-minute mark, because that would have been, you know, more, yeah. more symbolic. Seven minute? Yeah, seven minutes in heaven. Okay. You know, they lock you in a room and... There you go. For seven minutes. Just show the clock you, right why there. you make out. Or say that you did. Yeah, exactly. It's up It's up to the people who are in the room. Yeah. In heaven. In so, heaven. So that would have been a really clever little joke. Because they're <laughs> trapped in a room, and you could have said, oh, there's only seven minutes left. Like, you know, why aren't we writing for this show? And then it turns out they both died, and they were in heaven the whole time. Yeah. Or or they're stuck in room 1408. <laughs> uh so, yeah, the, this is the opening gambit, by the way. Yeah. The, this is the opening gambit of this episode is an escape room, which they don't escape from, and we never know they the answer. They just make out, and then we cut to the house yep, again. Yep, back at Bozer's. Well, I say Bozer's just because, like, it's the only time Bozer's we ever house. see him. It feels like he's the one who lives there, and the guy just kind of in and out. Yeah. And he apparently he has been... he works at in and out. Yeah, he works at... No? Conceivably. Uh, Bozer has been cooking a dinner and laying out. Like, Actually, if he works at an In-N-Out, MacGyver should have been real mad because he was offered a management position at an In-N-Out, which, from what I understand, pays like a minimum hundred thousand dollar a year salary. What? Managing an In-N-Out. Yes. That's well, it is a high stress job. Yeah, and there's there. I mean, it's a limited location situation too, mm-hmm. and it's still family owned. But um, jeez, I forget where I read that. If I'm I can, the, if I can find that, work. yeah, if I can find that article, I'll. I'll throw it up on the show notes, but I'm pretty sure there's some crazy stat like that. But yeah, MacGyver walks in, and it looks like Bozer is basically trying to uh, romance him. Yeah, he he apparently his what he had to say was that he was setting up a romantic evening for him. And yeah, he was trying lady. to play the wingman. Yeah, and still be home. Which, if you're gonna play the ringman, the the wingman, and be like. Hey, why don't you and your date come have sex in your room? Mm-hmm. Just don't be there when yeah. MacGyver gets back. If that's actually your plan, you should, you, but he says I'm cooking a five course meal for you guys. It's like, so you're you're just creating a whole new date. Yeah. Are we are we supposed to just sit here and eat in front of you, or are you gonna eat with us? And like, they're gonna be so bloated afterwards, like like yeah, oh like, god. Oh man, I'm so full. I don't think I'm I'm gonna stick around. You guys have a lot of wine. <laughs> um, you trying to get me drunk? <laughs> But yeah, so they, um, he, MacGyver just says he doesn't need any help with this game, and the two of them are just going to have a romantic dinner because the girl didn't come over. After. Yeah, uh, and we don't know why. And we're assuming that this girl is Cindy. Right, who uh, was the girl that was texting him at the beginning of mm-hmm. a previous episode. Do you remember which one that was? Uh, it was, uh, they were staking out Nikki's apartment. Was it the train episode? Uh, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, I think it was, which was four or five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the girl playing Cindy is uh, Amy Carrero, and uh, she is in quite a few things. Um, she is the voice of Elena of Avalor. Right, uh, which is one of the new Disney... Like, yeah, one of the spinoff Princess, of uh, like Sophia, Sophia the First. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was on the show called uh, Young and Hungry, which starred uh, Emily Osman, which is Haley Joel's sister. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, and she's That's also, an ABC Family show, yeah. I think. And she was also a voice on a show called Level Up. Um, and she's also in The Last Witch Hunter. And that, that movie keeps coming up, and I really need to watch it. That was... With uh, the Vin Diesel... Vin Diesel one, yeah. Yeah. It, Is that going to be a franchise? It seems like every movie he does, it's like, that seems like it was a great one-off. And then yeah. he comes back like six years later and makes a sequel to it, and then suddenly there's nine of them. <laughs> like Riddick and Fast yeah. and the Furious. It's like, there's another Riddick? Huh? All right. <laughs> I, there never can be too many Fast and the Furious movies yeah. for me, though. Nope. The next one's going to be so good. Uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. Helen Furious. Mirren. Crazy. I, I like that you just throw Helen Mirren in, in stuff now. It's like, yeah. you know what will make this movie better? Throw some Helen Mirren yeah, in there. a dash of Helen Mirren. Uh, so 
after I guess MacGyver has dinner with uh, Bozer. Yeah. He it, it just cuts to he's already got like leftovers because he took them to the Phoenix Foundation. Right. And Bozer even took the time to make like an origami uh, tinfoil duck. Right. To, to wrap it in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's got game. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, even <laughs> Riley like says that this smells really good. Um, so the Phoenix Foundation... He the, should have at least another digit by now. Yeah, for sure. He also quit his job. We should mention that. Bozer right. quit his job. Yeah, he was he was offered a management position for $100,000 a year, and he said no because he doesn't want to, to make the restaurant gig into a career because he's still committed to being a filmmaker, mm-hmm. which he should just call up Rob Botton or yeah, exactly. somebody and start selling masks. Uh, the team is after a man who's the CIA only knows as Suspect 218. Right. Or 218. I don't know. They call him S218. They, 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 they give a lot of like little code numbers for him. Right. They only have like a very kind of fuzzy photograph of him, but he's a professional assassin. And his, his key thing is that he sends cryptic texts yeah. that are actually revealing to what his plan is, uh, apparently – Right. The first the first one from the list that they read is How is a Raven Like a Writing Desk, which mm-hmm. is a Lewis Carroll riddle from, I think it's in Alice in Wonderland or... Through the Looking Glass. Through the Looking Glass. I, I read them both at the same time, so I, really, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't tell which is, what is what anymore. And I think they actually bring it up. They don't bring it up in the original Disney Alice, but they bring it up in the, the Tim Burton Alice in Wonderland, How is a Raven Like a Writing Desk. I think they bring it up in the, in in the, the Disney animated. One? Maybe they do. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen that one in a while. The answer, of course, is that they... both have R sounds. <laughs> they both uh, produce notes that are flat. Okay. That, that was what Lewis Carroll apparently Eventually was... decided? Yeah. I thought the point was that there wasn't an answer to it. I think... And that he eventually... Like, people came up with answers, and he's like, okay. no, the point was that there isn't one. I, I thought that that was the one he came up with for it, because people were asking him. Oh, Okay. So they have no leads on this guy. He he doesn't leave any fingerprints. He's he's a shadow. The only thing that they have that's coming up is that there's a diplomat who's coming into the country, who's got a diplomatic pouch, which I guess is suspicious. Yeah. Um, why would that be? I think that that, that happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, but they single this guy out. So his diplomatic pouch, they suspect, will have the next target or targets. I don't know if they're just assuming it's a photograph or if they're expecting like a full dossier on yeah. the hit. But whatever whatever they need is in there. Right. Um, and so they all converge on an art show. Yeah. So I don't understand any of this. So he he doesn't need to carry photographs in a diplomatic pouch. Right. You can put them on like on a thumb drive. You right. can email them to yourself. Yeah. Like, why does he? You can have also to... just say the word of the person's name. Yeah, is why do you have to carry them in a diplomatic pouch that can't be searched? And here's the picture of the guy. Do you have a name? No, just this picture. This is all we got. Look, here's the picture. Just find this guy. How hard can it be? How many people are there on this planet? He's probably following you around. <laughs> I'm doing very suspicious acts. They're probably right here in this room in this art gallery with us. Yeah. Because... But actually, before we go to the art gallery, we do get another. Uh, paperclip model. Yeah. Which I don't even know what it is. It's um, like a like it's like, it looks like something the Riddler would make. It's like a question mark, like in like progressively larger question marks. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't see a question mark in it. It just looked like no? a pokeball oh. to me. But I think it was supposed to be like a swirly like maze type thing. Mm. I'm not 100 percent sure. It was weird. But yeah, then we moved to the the Kennerston Art Loft. Yeah, and so no one. For, okay, I, I'm sorry. I'm like I'm stuttering a lot today. Unacceptable. Yeah, everyone on the team is working in the gallery. They're right. all dressed as so they can blend in, but instead of they blending, all have invisible earpieces. Yeah, instead of blending in, they all start shouting stuff over comms. Yeah, and they the, might as well not be wearing earpieces. Yeah. And and like they're right up in front of people saying, "I've lost visual." It's like. Oh, dude, I have the suspect. It's like, but they're saying it so loud. I'm in pursuit. Yeah. He's so rabbiting. Th- there are people all around them who are just, has to be hearing these th- them talking. Yeah. And, but Jack is the only one who's kind of like mumbling. like Or like to... saying it toward a wall. Exactly. Like everyone But else... Riley's just like shouting it across the room. Yeah. To the people that she's supposed to be communicating with. 
So they're following the diplomat, and he puts his coat down, and someone else picks it up, and they get there just in time to see the guy run away. Right. And that's when, you know, MacGyver says he's rabbiting. Yeah. And this guy is uh, parkouring down this stairwell. stairwell, yeah. So he's just jumping from, like, every half floor to every half floor. And MacGyver sends Jack after him and immediately starts disassembling, like, a sconce. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, pulls the power line the whole way out of the wall across the walkway to the railing and then shouts down to Jack, get your hands off the rail. Yeah. And then taps it to what is presumably a wrought iron handrail. That would go all the way down. That's painted with like a lead-based paint. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it would conduct electricity the whole way down. I, I Electricity takes the path of least resistance. Yeah. So my question is, to ground that, would it be the least resistance just be straight down into the concrete? Or would it travel all the way down the railing? It, it, I don't think it would work. Yeah. I really don't think it would work. And But we do see a spark at, uh, at S218's hand mm-hmm. as he's jumping off the railing. And he kind of gets zapped into paralysis and just falls the rest of the way and lands on his face on the floor. Yeah. But that by the time MacGyver and Jack get down there, he's gone. Mm-hmm. And the paper that he had has fallen out of the zippered pouch yeah, onto the cause, floor. Because he apparently opened it while he was falling. It seems like he, he did it on purpose to leave it behind as a message to them. Okay. But um, MacGyver picks it up and and uh, I called it. You thought this was going to be a picture yeah, of Nikki. I, I thought the whole setup, because we knew that um, uh, she was going to be in this. Nikki Carpenter was going to be in this episode. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, the target's going to be Nikki. And that's why MacGyver is going to be even he's more. He's going to be forced over- into it. Yeah, he's going to be forced to try to stop the killing of the woman that betrayed him. It's going to be such drama. Yeah. But no, no, it's it's the obvious. Yeah. It's just to kill MacGyver. Yeah. So now we know that MacGyver is the target. And so. Patricia locks him in a vault. Yeah, she locks him in this like weird concrete. I guess it's like an interrogation room. Yeah, it looks like um, one. But without mirrors. So well, there's no observation. Yeah, it's 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 like uh yeah, there's no observation. It's just pure detainment. Yeah. And and so but she has to convince MacGyver or maybe the audience this door has magnetic locks. Yeah. When it's clearly like an inner office door. Yeah. That it that it has maybe at the most maybe has one of those locks on the door handle that you click yeah. to lock yeah. it. That's the you most. You can secure. open it with a credit card. It's, uh, and it's a couple inches thick, like you pointed out. It's, it's probably not even like fire door width. You could just like yeah. put an elbow through this yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's because it's, it's got that honeycomb inside. <laughs> it's just delicious honeycomb. <laughs> it's full of bees. <laughs> oh my god! It's an extra uh, security measure. Yeah. We fill all our doors with bees. And and the honey gives like a hydraulic effect, right. so you can't punch through it because you just keep. And also, it adheres to your skin and prevents you from escaping at mm-hmm. high speed. What you got to do is you actually have to fill it full of that, uh, uh, like a non-Newtonian fluid, like like when you have like cornstarch. Yeah, with the iron in it. Yeah, like you ever seen that where like where they take like like uh, ferrofluids? No, it's, it's not ferrofluids. It's it's I think I want to say it's called a non-Newtonian fluid. So it's like it's like a gel, and it like will like. Oh, but it hardens when you tap exactly. on it. Yeah, yeah. When you hit it, 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 it's completely rigid. But then it just oozes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. What you're uh, talking about. You see videos of people running across it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you were just to stand in it, you would sink right yeah, into exactly. it. Exactly. Um, it's really kind of interesting. That would be a good idea to put in there. Yeah. Anyway, instead, he climbs up into the ceiling tiles to grab the wires that are holding up the individual tiles. Yeah. I thought he was just going to climb over the bulkhead of the door. Like, it wasn't going to be as secure a room as, yeah. it, as it looked because yeah. they just didn't make the walls go all the way up to the ceiling. Because that's how the, all the offices are at uh, my work. Oh, yeah. I have to go up into the ceiling a lot. And you could just hear people talking in the next room over Exactly. the ceilings are wide open. Not only that, the next suite. Oh, really? One of our suites um, connects that's to... That's weird because you work for, like, a company that handles a lot of money in major productions. So for people to be able to climb yeah. over the wall. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, so I thought that that's for sure what he was going to do. Yeah. He doesn't. No. He, he just grabs the hooks, and then he he fishes, like, the, the, the power line and the data lines out of the wall. That... There's an outlet mm-hmm. that they happen to have access to. Um, and, yeah, he's, he is able to 
pull the cord that runs the power to the card reader or the, mm-hmm. the little combination lock on the opposite side. And he knows the combination, which is another failing on Patricia's part. Yeah, she, she didn't change the combination for MacGyver. She left it the same as what it is for presumably every door. And also, MacGyver's getting very lucky with, with wiring in the walls where someone had put like an extra 10 feet of slack of wiring in every single wall. Yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah, there was a lot of excess wiring that went into the construction of the Phoenix Foundation. Which um, I failed to mention before, but some of the interior design looks like those like Aztec walls outside of a Chipotle. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Like it almost looks like it's like soundproofing, or something like that. I, I only seen those on some Chipotle's, but I know the one in uh, nearby here uh, has it for sure. Yeah. Because I was like, that's weird. I never noticed that before. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, while Mac- MacGyver's making his daring escape, the team is headed to a uh, junkyard. Um, no. Oh no. No. Oh crap! I missed a whole that's, other scene. That's way ahead. While he's he's oh, busting man. out of the yep. the room, we really have no idea what Riley or Patricia are doing tonight. Mm-hmm. Even though someone is out to kill MacGyver, they don't go to his house to make sure that any killer that tries to attack MacGyver's house is thwarted. Right. They just kind of go home and sleep it off while MacGyver's locked in a in a cell. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it's, doesn't make any sense. They're not trying to make any progress while he's locked in there. So I don't know how long they intended to leave him in this cell. With um, no bathroom or food with, or yeah, water. Or, yeah, anything. He's just going to have to, like, pee into the outlet. <laughs> but by the time he gets out of the room, Jack's just standing there, and he's like, what took you so long? And he's like, I don't remember what his answer is to that. Yeah, it's just uh, basically Jack knew he was going to get out and was waiting for him so they could go off together. Yeah, and he to... says, I got, I, I've got the keys. I'm, I'm your driver. Where are we going? And... Uh, and then he throws MacGyver his Swiss Army knife, which Patricia had taken away before she closed right. the door. Uh, just at that moment, MacGyver gets a text, a cryptic text from an unknown number of just where seldom is heard a discouraging word. Right. And he takes this to mean that something is happening at his home mm-hmm. on the or, range. Or on the range. Somewhere on the range. To the shooting range. Yeah. There's nothing here. Oh, God. Uh so, at of course, at this moment, we do the hard cut of Bozer answering the front door to right. the place, and there is the suspect, number 218, right. waiting to say hello, and is MacGyver home? Yeah, and the actor playing suspect 218 is uh, David Dostmalchian. That's what I would say. Uh, or Dostmalchian. Um, but he played uh, one of Joker's thugs in uh, The Dark Knight. He's the... He's the one that shoots uh, Gordon. Commissioner Gordon, yeah. the one that's in the parade that's, like, just terrifying looking. He's got these big eyes, and, yeah, and, he's, and he's a good spooky character. And Harvey Dent is, like, flipping the coin, trying to get him to talk, saying, like, right. like heads you live, tails you die. Yeah. And, of course, spoiler alert, it's a trick coin, so every time he flips it, it doesn't matter what it's going to be. Yeah. Because he's always going to live, but he doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was also in, recently in Ant-Man, he was one of... Uh, he was Kurt. Yeah, he's one of Paul Rudd's team. It's it's Michael Pena, and uh, and this and this gentleman, uh, in his support team. He also played Sergeant L J N in the Angry Video Game Nerd movie. Really? Yeah, I didn't know if oh you noticed that god. credit. Oh my god! Like I I, <laughs> I I didn't see that credit. Oh my gosh! I, yeah. I, I need to pick up that movie. Uh, I, I I went to the premiere. But um, everything happened so fast. I really didn't have time to. Yeah. to I, get, I did get to wave at Jim's Rolf, though. He walked by me, and I waved at him. And I think you brought it up on the show oh, okay. before. <laughs> well, I, I'm bringing it up again because that was a great moment of my life. Um, uh, this gentleman, uh, uh, Smallchain, is also going to be in the new Twin Peaks. Oh, cool. And he's going to be in the up-and-coming Blade Runner that Dennis Villeneuve is doing. Oh, nice. Because um, uh, he also, I guess, worked with Villeneuve on um, Prisoners. The villain view is doing? Yeah, the Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I didn't know that was the title for it. Well, that, that was the title that I saw. Yeah. It's got Harrison Ford though, right? Uh, now I'm like I'm like concerned about my information. Yeah, Dennis Villeneuve, uh, Mackenzie Davis, Robin Wright. Oh, Harrison Mackenzie Ford. Davis? Cool. I love Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, I like her. I have not watched a single episode of Halt and Catch Fire though. So Bozer invites him in because this gentleman, of course, is introducing himself as a friend of MacGyver. Right. And then he works at the Phoenix Foundation. 
so far, this is all that Bozer knows. Right. And so Bozer's just like, oh, so you work at the think tank and uh, you know MacGyver. And, and, and he's, he's like, yeah, I've been there for a while now, uh, probably five months or something like that. Yeah. And then he says, oh, so you were there when, when Nikki was working there. And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, that was a terrible shame what happened, even though this guy shouldn't know what happened unless he does know Nikki personally. Exactly. Um, but yeah, because MacGyver already thinks and has already said that he that he believes Nikki Carpenter put the hit on him. Right. And he, he came to that conclusion from the picture. So uh, the picture that they found of him is a picture that Nikki had taken. Right. So when MacGyver, they were in wine country on a vacation. And there's no way that that photo got put on Facebook. Right. And, and there's no way that they took that photo from her somehow mm-hmm. off of a phone. Off any number of ways. Any any possibility of ways. Uh, but anyway, so and, and it's the only picture. Well, we'll get into the other pictures. And, but even Riley points that out. She says, well, isn't that a little suspicious if only one person had access to this photograph and that's the photograph they used? Like, why wouldn't they just use some, like, case photo of you? And so her point was, I don't think it was Nikki. Mm-hmm. I think... I think it would have been because it's a very personal touch. Yeah. This is our happy memory together, and now you will die. You ruined it. So uh, 218 is just kind of like casually walking around, making sure the place is actually empty. Yeah. While he's chatting up Bozer. And 218 thinks that Bozer is just like playing it cool. Yeah. And, 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 but probably still sees him as a threat. Yeah. He probably thinks Bozer is like, okay, this guy works for this agency. This is a cover. I need to be on my toes. And he's walking around their living room and noticing all the masks. Yeah. And what we've been suggesting for episodes now, this this suspect is looking around them at all these masks and considering the nefarious uses of a really convincing George Washington mask. There's not a <laughs> nefarious use of that mask in particular, but just a, a real-looking mask. A series of presidents have just robbed banks. Yeah. And they got away on surfboards. Did they do that already? <laughs> That's already a thing. It was called The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling presidents clowns. Yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Uh, it's especially hard-hitting this week. Uh, <laughs> we just lost some viewers. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Finally, 218 has just kind of like grown tired of this situation, especially since Bozer has now snuck away to call Mac on a separate phone line. Yeah, on the landline. Yeah. Who's got a landline anymore? I don't know. Uh People make $100,000 managing a burger restaurant mm-hmm. have landlines. So Bozer says, hey, MacGyver, there's a guy who says he's a friend of yours, but he's like – I think he says like giving me a real I have candy in my van kind of vibe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and MacGyver is trying to tell him that's not my friend. You need to get out of there, but – It's too late. Uh, it's too late. He's too already late. got a gun drawn. Mm-hmm. It's got a – got, so he's got a gun with a silencer on it, but it's also got like one of those like laser sight yeah. things on the, on the underneath – of the uh, the barrel, yeah, and which like, is which helps him not at all. Yeah, and this this gun seems like really... I think it's weighed down by the laser and he can't shoot it. Mm-hmm. Like it's these are all new adjustments to the gun. Usually he just kills people. So he now is taunting Bozer, where he realizes that Bozer actually has no information. Yeah, and doesn't work for the Phoenix Foundation, and in fact is completely unaware of MacGyver's yeah. true nature and and. Uh, uh, line of work and and then he starts to try and turn him he's like oh well i bet you feel really betrayed how would you like to join up with my organization and make masks for us mm-hmm. which is exactly what we've been suggesting would happen exactly and in fact we well we'll get into it but we had a running joke about okay any minute now a mask is going to come off yeah <laughs> it's going to be fantastic well i thought that was going to play into this because right now it seems like he's about to kill bozer who is who is reluctant to join up with hit or whatever organization yeah. this this particular suspect happens to work for when um mac and jack come skidding into the driveway and he's like oh it sounds like your roomie is home mm-hmm. and uh and then we cut to macgyver busting open the door and you see Bozer kind of in the foreground, but not saying anything. Yeah, with his hands up. Yeah, and then in the background you have uh, someone in a George Washington mask with mm-hmm. a gun drawn. And I was thinking that he had like, like, uh, was it Serenity? Which one was the was the um, Western episode where he taped up Penny Parker to make it look like she was Murdoch? 
Yeah, it was that was Serenity. Was it Serenity or yeah. was it the other one? There because there were two. Uh, but she wasn't in the second one. Oh, you're right. Was, you're right. Was so was it was women. Serenity then. Um, but yeah, in Serenity, like I thought this was going to be a situation where the person who looked like the villain mm-hmm. was just like taped up that way, and that the Bozer in the foreground was going to take off a Bozer mask and well, be oddly the bad enough, guy. Oddly enough, you know what else they did that in was the Dark Knight. Oh, that's that this true. This guy was in yeah, yeah, where yeah. They, they had the. The hostages were dressed up as the guys and they had the guns taped to their hands where they couldn't take them off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when MacGyver comes in, George Washington just opens fire at yeah. them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great Veterans Day image of George Washington exchanging fire with MacGyver in this insanely expensive mm-hmm. condo that they live in. That, that, that uh, is also a carbon monoxide death trap. Right. Because there is no ventilation for that fire. Nope. So... The whole team – oh, not the whole team. It's Mac, Jack, and Bozer. And now Bozer's starting to see them, like, shooting and seeing Jack. It's like, oh, my God, what is happening? Yeah. Why, is, why are you guys shooting guns? Yeah, why does Jack have a gun? Why is there a crazy person in our apartment trying to kill us? Um, and then they, they also admit that they think Nikki hired him. And it's like, Nikki's alive? They're all, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, MacGyver, during this whole time, is trying to – Put together – Some bottle rockets? Yeah. I, I think – and he credits the the inspiration to something his grandfather did mm-hmm. at some point, but he's never done it with wine. He's only ever done it with beer, I guess. Yeah. Or soda. But I think he's mixing maybe. Uh, he uh, has to be adding some kind of a powder to carbonate the wine. Yeah, because yeah, because because they open not the wine. That pressurized on its own usually. Well, because he has Bozer dump out a third of it. Right. So he's got to be throwing something either. I don't know if if uh, uh, baking soda. A mento. In wine. Well, I was going to say, like, something similar to that. Like yeah, a mento yeah. or, or baking soda and vinegar, like he was throwing into the wine bottle. Yeah. But I think baking soda and vinegar just as... But he also tapes, like, a paper towel roll to the side of the bottle so that he can put it, it on a rod as a mm-hmm. guide. Um, which doesn't seem entirely necessary, but um, Jack is running out of ammo because he's just unloading clip after clip mm-hmm. into the living room and not hitting the guy who doesn't even have any cover. Yeah. And the... The suspect is returning fire and not hitting anything of, of substance either. In fact, there's a lot of wine bottles. Yeah. There's a ton. No, they have a problem. Yeah. Um, I do love the sound that the first rocket makes. It misses uh, 218. And it just blasts through the window out yeah, into the Yeah, but night. it makes this really sweet sound. Yeah, it's like, like a whistle yeah. punch. And, uh, and so the next shot hits 218 in the chest. So hard that it knocks him backwards and he falls off the railing and vanishes. Right. Right so. off the edge of the Widowmaker. Mm-hmm. Mike! Oh, God. I thought this whole episode was going to be about 218 breaking into the Phoenix Foundation to kill MacGyver there. Like mm-hmm. like a Phoenix Under Siege type situation. But they, they left Phoenix very quickly. Um, and we, we cut almost immediately from them looking over the edge at the missing suspect to uh, police investigating the crime scene. Yeah. Um, and Bozer's kind of off in another room, just sitting by himself, not talking to anybody because he's still angry that no one told him anything right. until he had a gun pointed in his face. And Riley comes in to console him, but Riley's still wearing the outfit from the art gallery. Yeah. It's like, is like her and Patricia just like Netflix and chilled like yeah. for a few hours while MacGyver was getting shot at. And then we're like, Oh, you know what? Maybe we should check on that chamber we left our coworker in. Yeah. Oh, he's gone. He's so gone. So is his car. Uh, Bozer is the only one who saw 218's face before because he put on the mask afterwards. Right. It's like, but why? If I he, think because he's just crazy. Yeah. And it's like, what an opportunity to kill somebody as George Washington. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Washington, Washington. That's from the hit musical Hamilton. <laughs> that's not true uh, uh speaking of hit uh so well bozer is trying to give a description of the suspect to the uh sketch artist and he decides to just sketch it himself yeah because the guy's drawing something that just looks like i don't even know what it looks like it looked like if you took et's face and, and stung it with it. bees <laughs> <laughs> yeah it just looks really weird and then bozer's like here, I'll draw it. And it's like, why don't you just bring in like a fully casted mask that you sculpted yourself? Yeah, that would have been actually kind of cool. Yeah. 
to have like a uh, two eighteen mask. Yeah. I almost said it again. You know. I know it's hard. It's hard. Uh, so. And these I can't edit these. <laughs> I just can't. I keep accidentally almost saying suspect two eighteen's other name. Uh. So they run the sketch through facial recognition, and it gets a hit. It's such an accurate sketch that that the the aspects of his face and the the ratios of different features are right. are accurate to actual case file photographs of the character. And not only one, there's not only one hit though. There's like there's eight hits. Yeah. Yeah. He he has a lot of different pseudonyms. And it looks like all of these ID pictures were taken on the same day mm-hmm. uh, because he's making the exact same smirk and the exact same yeah. angle for all of them. Uh, it, it, they all, it almost looks like they just like changed the color saturation and just photoshopped new clothes onto them. But the hair color is changing slightly in each mm-hmm. of these. And it changes, I mean, even within this episode a couple yeah. times. Uh, so the based on uh, his current information... They were able to find out that he had rented a car recently under one of his aliases. Yeah. And the car is low-jacked, so they were able to track where the car went to. Right. Which is a junkyard out in uh, Sun Valley. Right. And this is very reminiscent of Partners, Partners. where they were lured, where MacGyver was lured, lured to a yeah, junkyard. Yeah, Jack, Peter, and MacGyver were supposed to be lured to a junkyard where they were having a reunion of the day they first met when Murdoch attacked them. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they get there, they realize that none of the three of them organized it. Yeah. They find an obituary in a car at the junkyard, and uh, and then suddenly the car is getting crushed while they're all right. inside of it. But Jack never showed up. Cause yeah, he was, he was late. late. Uh, in this version, they find the rental car, and Jack looks inside, and there is a newspaper. Yeah, and it's, and it's like a memorial section. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that if they'd have picked it up, and read it that there would have been a bit about MacGyver. an obit about um, MacGyver and and uh, Patricia and Jack and Riley. Riley all having been killed here. Um, but they do find a phone in the car door, and they hand it off to Riley to hack it. But immediately it's ringing, mm-hmm. and it's two eighteen calling in. And by the way, we didn't mention this, but MacGyver has again been sequestered at the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, but this time willingly. On, on, yeah, on his own volition. Yeah, he, He's he, just in the room watching and listening to everything they do, helpless. They, they, I mean, they, they had an out-and-out fight about it on his way out, but Jack basically said, I, I can't go through this mission against this guy yeah. and, uh, and have to worry about you getting hurt this whole time because he's here to kill you mm-hmm. and... This isn't like just some regular average Joe. This is like a serious killer. Yeah. But I, I don't feel like that's been – they've hit that nail hard enough. Yeah, I don't feel like that 218 has proven himself as dangerous because he missed with almost every shot. Yeah. And he got taken out by a bottle. Yeah, they hit him so, with a wine bottle and knocked him off a balcony. But, I mean, to be fair, those shots were missed while th- through a, a floppy George Washington yeah. mask. So. And incredibly well-crafted. You'd be surprised how hard it is to shoot people when you're wearing a mask, but I know from experience I was shot. <laughs> while wearing a mask. While wearing a mask, and it, and it seemed really hard for the guy that was shooting me. So the team uh, is standing around as 218 calls in. And suddenly lasers show up. Yeah, la- lasers hit each one of their chests, and we see that they're on like a... Little robotic tripods. Yeah, very quail-esque uh, automated weaponry. That's that. It seems to motion track them. Yeah, if, if they, or if they move too far or too fast, that they'll open fire. Right. Uh, but it's a it's a very accurate like tracking system to the point that I forget why she had to bend over, but Patricia had to like lean down for a moment, and when she stood back up, like the laser went down with her and came yeah. back up and stayed in the exact same place on her chest. Uh, 218 says that if, because he's been having so much fun being defeated by MacGyver, he says, hey, I'll tell you what, in, in, in good faith, if you come in and surrender yourself and let me kill you, I'll not fulfill the other contracts. And that's when they open up the... They're like, what contracts? And then they, yeah, unzip it and get the other three pictures out. Which are not even candid photos. It's like, it, it's like... Definitely all taken in a row against yeah. the same wall. It, I guess like you could argue that they're company badge photos. I think they are. 
which makes me think it's someone from the inside. Ooh. Like, for example, I don't know, Mickey Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> Bannister. Uh, but Bannister's a ghost. Uh, it's also the thing that is at the end of a railing. Yeah. You can electrocute Bannisters, <laughs> from what I understand. Well, you have to, because otherwise they're, his heart, he's going to have a heart attack. That's true. <laughs> We're working it all in here into yeah. this episode. It's actually quite quite perfect. Just for okay, I just want to because people aren't going to get that that only watch the new show. That's like a deep cut reference to Enemy Within from season one. Yeah, <laughs> where Bannister is a character. He has a, a he. Craig Bannister was an agent for the Phoenix Foundation, not the Bannister that was killed on this season of this show. Craig Bannister, the original Phoenix Foundation agent, well, actually DXS agent, not Phoenix yeah. Foundation. This is pre Phoenix. Had like a a pill that was that was activated by a certain pitch that would turn into like a sponge and take clog an artery in his yeah. heart and look like a heart attack but they could prevent it with electricity somehow mm-hmm. and so they zap him to yeah. keep him from dying yeah so the joke is that they they shocked a banister yeah and if they hadn't shocked a banister then he would have died in that episode and they failed to save an earlier character mm-hmm. This is probably too much backstory. Yeah, but you know what? It's worth it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so MacGyver comes back, or doesn't come back. He hasn't been there yet. So he arrives at the junkyard, and he's in his trademark MacGyver Jeep. Right. Um, which the last time we saw it, it got shot up real bad. Was that uh, – that, when, when was it that they that, drove this last? That, that was when they were – no, but I guess that couldn't have been his Jeep. Because I was going to say, are you talking about on the Korean border? No, no. It was when they um, when they were gritting that the rich millionaire hedge fund guy. Oh, okay. And they were trying to move him into the Jeep and then just like... Yeah, and then they're like, I all think, right, we're taking your car. Oh, wait, no, no. That wasn't that. Because there were people waiting in the Jeep to grab somebody. Who did they grab? I don't even remember. Yeah, because they're, they're getting into MacGyver's Jeep and all of a sudden like five people climb out of the Jeep. Yeah. And, and before they leave... They just shoot up the Jeep until it's, like, completely destroyed. Yeah. I can't remember what episode that was. I don't was. remember where that was either. Um, anyway, that's, so that was the last time we saw the Jeep. Yeah. Uh, so he arrives, and so he's willing to surrender himself, and 218 comes out to to gloat like and, like, sing MacGyver's praises. Yeah. And right now he should just push the button and kill all three of MacGyver's right. partners because – the point of that was to lure him out, and mm-hmm. now he's there. So, but uh, he also says that he won't the whole, the whole, he won't let them go until MacGyver's dead. Right. Because MacGyver's saying, "Okay, you have me. Well, let me let them go." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. When you're dead, I let them go." Yeah. So, I guess to try to get the upper hand, MacGyver takes his Swiss Army knife, throws it at a hydraulic line on a forklift, which is fully pressurized and bursts enough smoke for yeah. a smoke screen for him to just but leave. it wouldn't just smoke. Yeah. It's it's a hydraulic line. Unless yeah. it's a pneumatic line. But even then, it looked like there was fluid coming out. So I'm yeah. going to go ahead on a limb and say it was a hydraulic line. Yeah, I think it was hydraulic. Line. And uh, it wouldn't just start smoking unless... The I mean, best case scenario, you would hit the line in such a way that it would spray Murdoch... And, like, blind yeah. him with some fluid or something like that. Yeah, but it creates a smoke screen enough for MacGyver to run away. And he starts, like, leading his fire as he makes his way through the the, the scrapyard looking for things. And he yeah. gra- one of the things he grabs is a car stereo. Immediately I knew what was happening. As soon as I saw him take the car stereo, I knew that this was this was the trick from uh, Quail's uh, Deathlock. Mm-hmm. Where uh, we're we're heterodyning frequencies to block out the what what should have been closed circuit, yeah. but was instead was a radio signal, um, and so he's he's able to shut off the guns by he pick he takes a stereo out of a car and just plugs it into a car crusher battery, mm-hmm. um, so it's like overpowering the stereo and blasting enough radio noise to interrupt the signal yeah. from his little handheld device to the sniper guns and which just sort of power down magically yeah yeah once they i guess once they lose signal they just decide to not i would, I would understand if they didn't receive uh any further information from the control but but their like last orders were if this target moves shoot, shoot it. it yeah 
in the spine, and they just suddenly turn off. And he even fires a warning shot uh, into Patricia Thornton's shoulder. Right. Which, she reacts, and she goes backwards a little bit, but a high-powered sniper rifle like that, I mean... It would have pushed her through that car behind them. Yeah, exactly. She would have put a big dent in it. it Or probably would have ripped her entire arm off. I mean that that was a pretty powerful, pretty rifle from yeah. a close range. Yeah, the, these they're not far. Yeah, they're they're only like fifty feet away at, yeah. at the most. Yeah, and these things can shoot hundreds of yards uh, with pretty accurate. But uh, but even Murdoch, uh, but even two eighteen uh, admits that uh, it, it the 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 wound it, is a through and through. Yeah. So that so she, it's a high powered uh, bullet, but it just happened to not hit anything. So there wasn't enough. Torque to pull the arm off. I guess. Why. He hit the softest part of her. Her heart. Oh. Uh, so it's just through and through. Right through the heart. Right through. She's going to be fine. Just right between the ventricles. <laughs> Let's take a moment to console the children. Kids, your dad's going to be just fine. All right, everyone, put on your corpse-handling gloves. We got two frozen bodies out there. <laughs> Hear that, Lee? Dad's going to be just fine. <laughs> uh, so now that uh, the frequencies are jammed, uh, we don't see what happens to Patricia, Jack, and Riley. We just see that the lasers turn off on them. Right. We don't see where they go from here. Yeah. So MacGyver is still drawing uh, 218's fire until he reaches the dead end, and that's when uh, 218 like catches up with him and says, "Okay, now I got you. Now we can kill you. This has been great." And um, then suddenly, he's got a, the predator stamp of death. Yeah, the, the the three laser cluster on his chest. Yeah. Uh, that uh, definitely took out Jesse the body. Yeah. And uh, would no doubt have taken him out. Yeah. Because uh, Riley has now hacked into the radio, because con- he shot the he shot the jammer earlier. Yeah. So now Riley has been had taken time to to, to take hack control. into the system and and yeah overtake the the lasers on these mm-hmm. sniper powers. And uh, so two eighteen surrenders, uh, you know, because Jack comes up on him, and uh, MacGyver. I think he kind of casually asked what his real name was, and. 218 says, oh, I've had so many names over the years, but I've always been really partial to Murdoch. And, uh... I have to admit, I was very disappointed to see him just arrested and taken away at the end of the episode. Yeah, kind, kind of like, uh... Blofeld in the end of friggin' uh, Spectre. Ugh. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Boring. Yeah. That's not how Murdoch finishes an episode. He should have been blown up in a way mm-hmm. that he could not possibly have survived so that it's that much crazier yeah. when he comes back. How about a car crusher gets p- caught in a car crusher? Yeah. Or a big pile of cars fall on him, and when yeah. they try to look for him, he's gone. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, any one of these things could have happened. Yeah. Not just have him arrested. Yeah. Or, or say, like, there was an accident en route. I don't know. Or have him say, I've always been partial to Murdoch. But that's actually just a friend of mine. Yeah. That's not me. That's not me. My name's Quail. <laughs> <laughs> Quail Doc. Get so, going before my driver gets in. Get going. Get <laughs> uh, we, uh, we love you, Christopher Neem. Uh, so the Act 5 Roundup, MacGyver is now apologizing to Bozer for lying to him for all these years. And... Uh, he realizes that Bozer probably won't trust him or will take time to regain the trust that he's lost with him. Yeah. And so I guess MacGyver decides to go to a diner and sit by himself because that's what he does. Yeah. I mean, they do reconcile a little bit more than that because he, because Bozer's trying to say, I don't even know who you are anymore. And he says like, you made me who I am. Like Mm -hmm. you knew me before everything. And, and it, it feels like Bozer actually is like, kind of understands like okay i guess i kind of did know who you were and i just didn't know this one particular aspect of your life which i can i mean he should be able to understand why this needed to be kept a secret from yeah i mean that's like i mean hey would you have rather had uh really important information that you could have given murdoch when he had a gun pointed at you in our living room i mean i understand i mean you have to understand that there are people in reality in the real world that work for the cia and have families yeah 
they they're, they're not even allowed to tell their families about yeah. it. And if you work with someone who's in those agencies, now obviously, if you're the wife of a CIA agent, you probably know you that, they're, yeah, you would that know. they're in the CIA. But the kids probably wouldn't. Yeah. And I forget who it was. There's some comedian that I was listening to. Um, someone, I think it was on an episode of Never Not Funny, but it was somebody on Veep whose dad was... It could have been uh, the same interview that I've brought up before, the guy that was in um, the Beverly Hillbillies, mm-hmm. Diedrich Bader. Okay. I think his dad was in the CIA or something like that. and uh, and But he, the kids didn't know anything about it, and that he... He only knows it because his dad slipped up like twice, where he was just like, like he got him, he gave him like a hat one time that he he was like, oh I like that hat, and he's like, all right, it's yours, and he's like, hey, where'd you get this? And he's like, Pakistan, up, <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was just like it wasn't Pakistan, I don't remember what yeah, it was, yeah. but it was something like, like he just said something like a country that he should never have been in, and then he like immediately caught himself like, oh, <laughs> I got it over in the I uh, didn't, nothing. Nothing. The, the Union We're of not Soviet Socialist Republics of <laughs> yeah. America? Ban- the, the Republics of uh, Banana Republic. Banana Republic. Bye. <laughs> I got it at Banana Republic. That doesn't exist yet, Dad. I'm a kid. Miller's Outpost. <laughs> <laughs> I got it at Miller's Crossing. Uh, so MacGyver heads out to a diner alone. And while he's sitting there building a, one of those ba- balancing fork things on his cup... Uh, Nikki Carpenter sidles up to him at the booth and she draws a gun on him and has it underneath the table. Crazy classic move. Yeah. Gun to the table. Yeah. They and call it gun to the table. Gun in table. The industry. Uh, she even casually orders him a, a, a coffee when the waitress comes With by. With two sugars because she knows him so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's so sweet. Yeah, no thanks, Turkish. Sweet enough. Uh, Nikki wanted MacGyver to know specifically that she did not hire Murdoch to kill to kill him. And I needed you at the other end of a gun to tell you that, even though I know you yeah. don't carry guns and you would never do anything to hurt me. Exactly. I don't need this gun. Uh, she also informs him that she's not there alone. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, it's pretty daring of you to to pull a gun on me. What are you going to shoot me in the middle of a restaurant? And she's like, I didn't come alone. Mm-hmm. And then we get glances from all the people at the tables around him yeah she's like they're not here for the cobbler uh nikki also reminds the audience that macgyver still has the key yeah there was no point Do you still in have this... that key i gave you yes it's right here around my neck where i showed it to the audience a few episodes ago good because it's about to become real important i was like this is the worst exposit like <laughs> yeah i remember that he has the key yeah. even if i didn't when he took it i out, would see it when it showed up later <laughs> and i remember that he had it the whole time just like i did in this episode I was like, hey, well, this is the worst thing to put in there uh but yeah so she says it's super important um uh i can't remember the exact words that she says about um when she brings up uh, another case that they had worked on together. Uh, I think it was in the pilot from the pilot. Yeah. The, the, one of the, the other, one of the soldiers that was supposedly sh- sh- the one that shot MacGyver. I think that's who it was supposed to, she was supposed to be referencing. Oh, uh, okay. Cause, Cause he says, you, did you, do you remember what happened to him? And, and MacGyver says, yeah, he like died or something. Like, oh, who told you that Thornton? Yeah. Um, so she's already like, She's playing up the fact that Thornton is either lying to MacGyver or, or is, is Murdoch. Yeah, or isn't who she says she was. Yeah. And can we take a moment to talk about Thornton's wardrobe in this episode? Yeah, very odd. Like, everyone had a lot of wardrobe changes, but hers were especially unique in every scene. Yeah, the the dress for the, for the art show was particularly bizarre, I think, for her character. Yeah. But it's basic, it was basically like a skirt with kind of like a wraparound, like... Maybe even backless yeah. top that just had like a weird bare midriff triangle. But also, it wasn't a skirt. It was like pant legs. It was like that's true. Pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like Aladdin pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was an. It was an odd combo. And she wears it for like the next three scenes, mm-hmm. and it's just like. And then, then and the, you like change? another thing, like she had, she had a she was just wearing like a normal shirt with a skirt, but the skirt was like lifted all the way up to like 
just below her like breasts. Yeah. I was like, that's really high up there. It's yeah. like you're like look like it's Pat. Um, yeah. It's just, or Ed Grimley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ed Grimley would be a better one. Yeah. Uh, does anyone know who Ed Grimley is anymore? <laughs> uh, I know who Ed Asner is. Well, everyone knows who Ed Asner is. He's selling us solar panels. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they have those commercials outside of the California, though. They don't have the sun in other states. Nikki, uh, you know, basically lets MacGyver know that he's still a target. And now MacGyver does something extremely out of character. He pulls out his phone and he shows Nikki a picture of a house. And. Do you know what this is? And she says, yeah. You know I do. And apparently, I'm assuming it's her parents' house. Um, and he, cause he says, you stay away from my family and I stay away from yours. Yeah. And he gives her the ultimatum of go back and tell your, the people you work for that to lay off me. Yeah. I honestly think what he was showing her was a screenshot of her Sims game that she had running on his laptop. Mm-hmm. You're not going to kill them, are you? <laughs> you stay away from my family. I stay away from your simulated family. Can you make sure... That there's a door on the bathroom so they could get in. <laughs> I just lock people in rooms with uh, radios I'm playing. I'm just going to start they can't nine microwaves going at the same time in a kitchen. Watch the whole house burn. Now see, you, know, you, you put them in a room and you block the door with a piece of furniture. And you put a radio that's on on another piece of furniture that's, that's blocked by another piece so they can't turn the radio off even if they want to to go to sleep. <laughs> because they will manually – they will automatically get up and turn the radio off if they can't sleep. Yeah. But if you block it so they can't turn it off, they can't go to sleep. So they just get progressively crazier. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start speaking in a real language. Oh, God. Yeah, they just start that's speaking That's how crazy English. they get. They're speaking fluent English. Uh. God, I did so many horrible things to people in The Sims. Nothing compared to what I did to people in Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, okay. Those games are so cathartic in the worst way. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the end of the episode. Nikki Nikki takes off uh, with her crew. They She reminded us of the key. Murdoch is, I guess, in jail or at least in custody with an agency. Yeah, so they're putting him up in Arkham mm-hmm. where he'll no doubt escape. Yeah, he'll, but he he didn't do that on the show. He never even got arrested on the show. Yeah, never. On he was never show. taken alive. Yeah, ever. Now he wasn't. And I also feel like we really weren't given. I mean, I've said it before already in this episode, but we we weren't given a proper indication of his expertise mm-hmm. because all we did was see him shoot at them and miss a lot, which every villain has done on this show. And yeah. Jack was pretending like this was a much more serious contender. And we were not really given any indication of that. We should have seen someone die. Yeah. We had other Phoenix operatives in this episode that are not major characters that we could have seen die. I mean, I'm not trying to kill anybody's job. Mm-hmm. But, um, or even even MacGyver's girlfriend from the escape room. Like, have yeah. that girl die. Like, we're not, like, she's barely in the show so far. And he's already got, like, four other girlfriends. So. Was the second Murdoch episode Widowmaker? Um, I believe so. Cause that, cause that's when like he shows up half burned and he's got the flamethrower and, and Nikki's all, who is that? It's Murdoch. He's not your average psycho that killer. Might be, that's actually, I think that is the only other episode with Nikki and Murdoch in the same episode. Mm-hmm. Other than that, that's why I was bringing it up. Yeah. Um, but also it shows the variety of things that Murdoch does and uses to try to kill MacGyver. Yeah. Uh, in this, he just shoots at him. And, I mean, now, he does have, like, the, the rifles. And he's wearing a George up. Washington mask for part of it, which I appreciate that. I appreciate the wackiness of that. Yeah. And, and I feel like the weirdness could have been played up more, even. Uh, I mean, and the guy's delivery on a lot of lines were good sometimes and not so great others. I also um, don't really understand the choice of the haircut at the for the junkyard scene. Mm. I, I thought he was creepier earlier in the episode. And then suddenly he's like got this poofy red hair. Yeah. That almost reminded me of that that creepy dude that shot up that Colorado theater. Like yeah. it just like orange hair will always make me think of that now. <laughs> like yeah. artificially orange hair. Um also I was really sad. I was really hoping for a female uh impersonation from yeah. him. Yeah, that's true. Because that that's like the very first time we see Murdoch he's wearing a dress. Uh so, I don't know. I mean, more to come, I suppose. Yeah. Because, 
you're not going to take the time to introduce Murdoch. And I then... think you're absolutely right, though. He should have been, he should have climbed into a car, like he should have been climbing a, a stack of cars, gotten into one, and then had them push it over into the crusher. Yeah. And then we, you know, we we couldn't shut it off because you tore all the wiring out of it. Exactly. And then the next day they finally got the thing pried open and there was no body. There's nobody. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been great. Would have been perfect. Yeah. That would have been the Murdoch thing to do. Yeah. So before this goes to Blu-ray, whoever is in charge of the reshoots, mm-hmm. you can have that. Yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna do that. They're yeah. gonna reshoot all this. Yeah. It's also just like the original series, never going to come out on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how many signatures are collected. Yeah. I really wanted to like this episode uh, because Murdoch is in it. Yeah. I, I think he was fumbled a bit in his premiere. Yeah. Um, but I look forward to him coming back. I like the actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the actor acting choice was good. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with him, MacGyver, being the target of a, of a hit group. That's fine. That's always been MacGyver's subplot with Murdoch, is that Murdoch is just fulfilling a contract that's been laid out. Yeah. Uh, but I think the, the whole, like, Riddler aspect of, like, ooh, he's creepy because he... He texts people before he kills them with mm-hmm. these riddles, and it just seemed like a random, like, he just Googled, what are riddles? And then yeah. sent them to people. Like, there's not really any thought behind them. Well, it would have been, like I said, it would have been great if if each of the riddles, had you solved their meaning specifically, Yeah, it would have saved your life. Yeah. Like, he's giving you an out or giving you a clue that could save you. Yeah. Well, I mean, he the 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 problem is that MacGyver's text was a clue yeah which was i'm going to your house Mm -hmm. but none of the other like they blatantly say the whole raven and a writing desk thing was a joke because it's a riddle that can't be solved Mm -hmm. because it doesn't mean anything and it's like then why did why text that to the person well i I can only assume because he's crazy yeah well or i can only assume that he was that person that may have been a significant thing to that particular person. We yeah. don't know who he sent it to. Yeah. Or Maybe why. that person worked at like a T-Mobile store mm-hmm. and died because of a bunch of flat notes. That's right. Exploded. Because <laughs> they're thinner than ever now. Yeah. And they get even thinner when they melt into a puddle. <laughs> <laughs> do they melt or do they just explode? Oh, I, I imagine there's a lot, both. They don't, yeah. they don't explode. They, they catch fire and they smolder. Now, well, that's the problem with those batteries, though, is when they catch fire, they they, they jet. look like rockets. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really intense. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's not those batteries aren't unique to those phones. No, they're in my iPhone right now. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of of not containment. Yeah, because because basically the problem is that it's it's a high powered capacitor, mm-hmm. and the two pieces of it are not separated enough to prevent. A puncture or yeah. or contact between the two halves of the capacitor to cause it to discharge. Yeah. So to, to describe the amount of energy that's in one of these batteries, say a Twinkie represents the normal amount of energy that you would find in a battery, and the ba- according no, to this morning's <laughs> readings, <laughs> this would be a Twinkie, twenty-five feet long, weighing approximately five hundred pounds. It's a big Twinkie. Well, I just had a visit from the EPA. How's the grid holding up? Not good. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about, what the, about Twinkie? the Twinkie? <laughs> we'll keep going if you want. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is a rhetorical performance. You can't respond. Yeah. Okay. Let's just keep. Then I guess we're gonna finish Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's corkscrew. That's corkscrew for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was fun in places. Uh I think. Uh, I'm, we bet we we will get more Murdoch, right? This is nice. I'm sure. There's, yeah, I, I, I mean, even all the promotional stuff was like Murdoch is finally showing up and he's going to be his arch nemesis, but we didn't really get that feeling from this character. I mean, since they have a full season, and this is only episode eight, he could come back before the end of yeah, this one. Yeah, so I'm I'm guaranteeing one more Murdoch 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 <laughs> one more more Murdoch episode. And at least two more Nikki Carpenter episodes. Yeah. Probably one of those is going to be a finale. Do you think the whole Patricia red herring thing is going to pay off that she's a bad guy? 
I don't think she'll end up being a bad guy. I think that she will have end up lying. You think she's going to be like a Nick Fury, like a corrupt situation? No, I, well, I don't. I don't even think that. I think that she will have been keeping information from MacGyver. I think that she knows where Nikki is. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I think that that's what's going to be the big thing that's going to throw MacGyver for a loop is that she's always known where Nikki is yeah. and how to get how to like, find her. Look, I know where Nikki is. She's staying in my guest house. Yeah. She's wearing my clothes. <laughs> really weird. Yeah. My clothes are weird. Is what I mean. She put a picture of you on the pillow next to her. I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's about it for Corkscrew. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us on this episode, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be covering Reboot Season 1, Episode 9, Chisel. And then pilers. <laughs> it's definitely going to get fixed at some point. Uh, I hope not. I hope it stays pilers. I, I, ho- I wish they'd switched up the letters in chisel so that it said chilies. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> um, Barbecue sauce. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.